yesterday, yesterday, girl. Ladies and gentlemen, hi and welcome to Weekly Motivations, the podcast with Mawusi Raglan. I am so happy and honored to have Miss Sherelle Lanise back. I am just honored to have her over and over and over again to be on the show for part three. I've never done this before, but things that you never do, sometimes you have to do now because this is a new beginning. Her book has touched my heart. Who she is touched my heart. She really opened my eyes to the things. It's like you have this book. She's a package and it's all in one because it's a story of you may be facing this today of a mother or father that is sick a mother or father you've lost at a young age and then you move on in life feeling a little emptiness because you did lose that other half because it's unreplaceable it's the feeling that you never can get over get over Mm -hmm. right no matter what it's just it'll be there you can cope in life and move on in life but it's it's not the same also then you find out your your parent you might be you might have a parent that's sick ill something and then all of a sudden you lose your parent yes a lot of people have know a lot of people that have these illnesses or go through these things in life and then yes. not only are you going through that but people are violating you taking your innocence away from I don't know how that feels, but I know many women and many men knows how that feels. And they don't have a lot of people haven't spoke about it or talked about it. They hold it deep, deep down. So she's able, I'm just so inspired. So she's this package all in one. We get to hear all her transformations and all the losses, but there are a lot of gains too within her story that's what makes her story so phenomenal i'm so inspired and i'm so thankful to have crossed paths with you so that you could be on this podcast because i'm so i'm happy i'm just i'm just liberated like i just felt oh she just makes me happy it's this feeling because when you're reading her book no matter who you are your background you laugh you cry and you can relate. No matter what, you can relate with her story in her book. You can relate. You can find yourself feeling being somewhere in that book. And you can relate somewhere in her book. And that's what it's so, that's why it's so amazing. So we left off. So here we are at part three. So Miss Sherelle, thank you and welcome back. How are you doing? I'm good. How you doing, darling? Absolutely wonderful. I'm honored. I'm 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 thankful for you. Yes. Like you feel good. Do you feel good? Girl, I feel good. I love this interview. I love this podcast. It's it's girl, I love it. You're giving me so much energy right now. I love it. Yeah. Because you just you have wonderful gifts. I'm so happy that you're you're able to tap into them. Yeah. And you're still, you're still, you're still doing it. You're still, you're still moving. I got to. Yeah. I got to. Yeah. 
girl, I'm not gonna play dead. Like, no, I, I had to. God saved me for a reason and he saved me to live my life and everything. And God is going to repay me, you know, how he sees fit for the things that I've been through. But I owe him a life worth living. I owe him that. So, girl, they, they can do whatever. I don't care what I go through. I'm not going to lay down and stay down. You push me down, I'm going to get back up and I'm going to push you back. That, no, mm -mm, that's not me. Mm-mm. I love it. You are a phenomenal author, storyteller. I just was like, wow. Thank you. Well, <laughs> keep up the fantastic because I know you have so many more books that are going to come out. And oh my God, I just, I can't wait. Yes. the This book right now, it's the first volume of three. So instead of putting, um, my whole life story or certain parts of my life that I feel like I want to share with people that's pivotal, I'm condensing it into a trilogy series. Yeah. I want to ease my audience into the things that I have done, the things I've gone through, the things that I've learned, because my book is not a somber book. Like when people read my book, I don't want people to feel sorry for me. I don't feel sorry for me. You know what I mean? So I want people to learn and take from my book whatever speaks to them that, um, you know, you, you, your past don't dictate who you are. God does. And it's just your past is just the making of you of him. Like, uh, you know, um, like it says in the word of God that he is the, he's the potter and we're the clay. I feel like everything that I've gone through, it has shaped me. Um, to be more aware, to be more vigilant, to be more wise, to be more compassionate towards others. Because you know what? What I have gone through is taught me to be compassionate to other people who find themselves in situations. I'm not quick to judge people. I'm not real quick to judge people that have been in some similar situations, if not worse. And it's something about being honest with yourself and having compassion. See, sometimes when we are so quick to judge other people's befallen and everything, sometimes God has to put, take our shoes off and put their shoes on our feet so we can walk in their shoes. Because when you walk into someone else's shoes and you actually go through what someone is going through or judging, it exposes you to be humble. It exposes you to have humility because anything that you're judging about somebody else, it can happen to you too. It can happen to you. It can happen to somebody that you you know. So that teaches you how to have compassion. And that's why God uses pain. He uses pain. He knows how to utilize pain to prepare us, to warn us, to keep us wise, compassionate towards others. But a lot of women or a lot of people who have before uh, being raped and everything, this is why they don't, people don't come out because it's always quick. People are always quick to have an opinion. And it's like, we don't need your opinion. We need you to listen. We need you to listen. You, you, it's, it's care when you listen to victims. That's you displaying care. But if you're so quick to say that someone is lying or it don't sound right, you don't have to say that out loud to a person if something doesn't sound right. Say that to yourself when you by yourself. But in the meantime, why don't you be a healthy person and a wise individual and just listen? It's not going to take anything away from you if you just listen. 
That's showing care to someone when you listen to them. Even if you don't believe them, it shows care. And I feel like this generation, this world today, we're not taking very good care of each other because we're always like saying, oh, she lying or they lying and stuff like that. And that's what disables people from coming out and saying, I've been through this because they're always got to like they have to defend. They already have to defend the questions of what happened to them, when, what, where and why and how. But then they have to stand against accusations of being called a liar, too. And people wonder why people it takes people 30 years to come out and say, this happened to me, X, Y, and Z. People don't make it easy for people to come out and say something like that. And then it takes people some time to process and recover about what has happened to them. There is a thing called denial. When you're violated, there is a thing called denial. And that's a way of your brain protecting you from the trauma. And when someone is trying to process that or won't process that, that takes them longer to come out and say that someone does, did something to them. So I just want to advise people that to be a healthy listener, as much as we like to talk and, and boast about ourselves, we can have that same type of spirit by being healthy listeners, because you never know what uh, somebody's going through. And just by someone saying that they don't believe a person who has been violated, there have been some cases where people have com committed suicide. And that's not fair. That's, that's not fair. So I think that we have to take better care of ourselves and each other. I don't think it's right to, to accuse people of lying automatically. Do you know how much courage it takes for a person to say, someone hurt me? Mm. Or even if they're still trying to understand how to come out their mouth and say that. You have to be patient with people and you can't be ready to be like a prosecutor all down their throat because that's why a lot of rape victims do not go to trial because they have to put their whole life is put before them their question about certain decisions and everything that they've done. Can you imagine if I went to court and I pressed charges against those boys, the first thing they would have done, the, press, the, the first thing the defense attorney for them would have did was attack my character. They would have found out that I used to hook school. I used to dress like I was 19. They would present me as being promiscuous when really I was just a girl just trying to find out who I was. I wasn't having sex or anything. I just wanted to feel pretty. But see, that's what happens when they try to paint a picture of you. And that's the risk that people take when they file charges against their rapists. They have to be prepared to be assassinated, to be prepared to paint a picture like they're the problem when someone assaulted them. And then to have people in the social media realm where they do the same thing. This is exactly the point of why people do not come out and say what happened to them. Because like you were saying, like when you were saying, you never came out and told your mother. No. And because you were feeling like you had did something wrong. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And a lot of victims blame themselves. Like, what did I do? What did I do wrong? What did mm -hmm. I, it, it yeah. like brainwashes you some kind of way where you're, where you start thinking, I, I'll get in trouble. I did something wrong for this to happen to me. It's my fault. I don't mm -hmm. want to get in trouble for this. 
the mm-hmm. thing you have because that's when you're really young, right? Yeah. And then you're mm-hmm. you're you're groomed into this stuff, you know how it was. You're groomed into being silent, and your young mind doesn't understand what's happening to you, and that's that level of maturity. That's why it's essential, you know, to have an adult around. You know, that's why it's so essential because not blaming my mother at all, because I believe that no. if she had, if she probably would have thought about it, or if she was given that opportunity, the conversation, the narrative would have been quite different. And, and for that, I don't fault her for it. She was just being a mother. But you know what I'm saying? I, I, I think that little girls need to know that Nobody has a right to touch them in that manner. And it's time for people to stop defending people um, who do these things. Like, for instance, now they're getting ready to pass laws that says that grown people can be attracted to children. What? And that's disgusting. What yeah. I haven't heard yeah. about that. What I've, I've, some, someone told me. Oh, um, don't tell me that. somebody told you that. No, we need to know yeah. that. I, I, I'm gonna look into it, but I feel okay, like let's not that, talk about that. No, yeah, okay, not until we, we gotta look into that. No, yeah, I'm just saying that it's just that little girls need to know that they don't, they nobody has a right to touch them, and I think those conversations need to be made early on because, like, if a if a little person doesn't know they're not supposed to be touched there. There can be that's they're easily groomed to believe that's normal. And I thought it was normal. I thought that was normal and it wasn't. And it took me years to figure out, no, Cheryl, that's not normal. You're a child. Nobody has no right to touch you like that. And but then when you get older, right. Exactly. And then so the whole point is if talk to your children. Tell mm-hmm. them, educate. Don't be afraid to tell your children so that this doesn't happen, okay? Also, when you're a teenager, you you feel, like you said, you brought a good point. So here you are at seven years old, you feel that you can't, it's your fault. And then at 13, 14, 15, you feel, wow, I made out to be a liar or I'm getting questioned certain ways which you you know they have to definitely look into it if somebody's violating you or hurting you but at the mm-hmm. same time the whole point of this whole situation is that it's just, it's just horrible overall but there is help don't end your life because of something like this happened use it as a survival guide for someone else and know that people will listen to you and help you and talk to you and, and, and help you through this. Don't, right. don't hold this. You don't have to hold this in. You no, can't you don't. get help. That's, that's no, our don't. whole point to you all, that this is something that does, you don't have to let it eat you up and, 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 no. and stop you from moving forward. So now this, when you went to school, it was stuff written in the bathroom. See, so saying... And, and calling you names and stuff and a lot of girls they face this in high school okay after they've been raped and violated uh they get talked about especially on social media these days just imagine how what goes Terrible. on said about girls 
And I know here in Las Vegas where I'm from, I'm this, the, Las Vegas is the second largest suicide rate in the world, in the, <laughs> in the country. So just imagine. So we, we, whatever we can do to help you to open up your eyes to let you know that there's help and that you, there's always someone that can listen to you and you can always be heard. That's right. And if you need additional information, you can always contact me. I have cell phone numbers for you to call so that you can get the help that you need. So this is really an educational show. Literally, it is. Now with you, moving on, when you were about, did you ever get married? What was high school? Because you, you went to high school. You passed high school. You didn't graduate or did you? Mm-hmm. I'm quite sure. I did graduate. You did? I did graduate. Yes, I did Stop graduate. Did you finally stop this in school? I, girl, I had to. Because first of all, like my grandmother wasn't playing that. And then I didn't like, I failed the ninth grade. I didn't like how that felt, the fail. So I, I. No, I, I stopped. Eventually, I stopped ditching school. Yeah, I did. And I uh, got myself together and everything. Had my head back on straight and everything. Wasn't did you ever tell anybody about those boys? Later on, like later on in life, I did. Later on in life in high school, I did. did um, But I was so busy trying to put it behind me yeah. that I was just focused on trying to move forward. But it kept and, coming back um, up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And um, because of what happened to me, I had to change schools a lot. Um, so when I finally got settled to um, my high school that I had graduated from, um, that's when like I really turned over a new leaf and everything. And I graduated. I actually, my guidance counselor, I was, even though I was held back a grade, she skipped me. So she skipped me to the 12th. Um, to be with my friends and everything because she felt I think she felt pity for me and um wait let's go back she skipped you to the you were in the 10th grade and then she skipped you to the 12th or you were yes. in the 11th grade no I was in the 10th grade and she skipped me to the 12th bless mm-hmm. her heart yes yeah, well, very smart so we knew that <laughs> yes yes yeah, she skipped me she skipped me so she told me she said Cheryl I'm skipping you but you gonna have to do some work you went, you got a lot of stuff. You got a lot of catching up to do. And she meant that. She said what she said. So I did catch up and everything. And I was a high school graduate at the age of 17. Yes. What was like life after that for you? Girl, I, after all the stuff that I had been through, I ain't want to go to school no more. I was sick of school. I was sick of school. I said, you know what? I don't want to do school no more. Now, now that I have a choice. Yeah. And not going, or if I want to, I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going to go. I'm just going to chill. And that's when um, I had a relationship with a woman, a young lady and everything. And we were tight. We were so tight. And um, she opened me up and everything. She made me feel vulnerable again and stuff. Things that I hadn't Oh, were you at this time? I was about 17. I was about 17. Now, mm-hmm. did you ever know that you was that you were that way? I I was curious. I was curious. Okay. The you whole, know, since I, you were yeah, little I was, since you were Yeah. I was I was a little curious. Okay. I just always thought 
women were pretty. I always thought they that, that women were beautiful. And um, I thought she was and everything. And we were thick as thieves back then. We were so tight. And then eventually our relationship, it started to decline. I say like in the fifth year of our relationship, it, this is it was like, yeah, it was like um the in the beginning of the relationship, it was kind of like um maybe Beyonce and Jay-Z. And then by the fifth year, it was like Ike and Tina and wait, Bobby wait. and Whitney. Oh, no. You said from Jay-Z to Beyonce to yeah. Tina and Tina, Bobby and yeah. Ooh, yeah, so it was a it was a big high and then it was a real low. Ooh. So uh yeah, with the real low part and everything, it 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 was it was um I was emotionally abused, physically abused. Oh god, it was it was so horrible and I was in that How old were you at the time? I was about say four years. I say the beautiful when I wow. was like in my uh I say about my twenties. Yeah, about my twenties. And it just every year it just got worse. Did you hmm? did you were you two living together? Girl, no. Okay. Uh-uh. Oh no. We still home with grandma, Miss Grandma. I was still with grandma. I was still with grandma. He I was still with her. her. She she didn't know at first and everything, but eventually I had to tell her because I mean, you you be honest about who you love. So right. I wanted to tell her. My grandmother she didn't like it. She ain't like it. You know, she, she, she didn't like it, but she respected it. You know what I mean? And, um, but once the relationship like got really bad and everything, I just, it, I, I, I was, you know, she slowly isolated me from my friends, try to occupy my time. Was she a uh, feminine woman? No, she wasn't feminine. I was the feminine one. Uh, she was more of like the, the tomboyish one, but she had like a real feminine type of personality, which I liked. I liked it. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, by the fifth year and everything, she started cheating on me. She started cheating on me. And um, but, cheating on okay. me left and right. Is that when she started being emotionally mean? Yes. When she started going outside cheating. of the relationship? Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 And it was a constant cycle. I mean, she cheated on me so much that I even saw the signs before she did it. (laughs) That's how often she cheated on me. And I was so desperate for love. I had already been through so much. And I just was like, if I can just keep this one thing, it shows that I'm worthy of love. Because I really, and on the inside, I didn't feel like I was worthy of love. I've been through too much. So if I felt like if I can continue to keep this person in my life by any means necessary, that means that I'm a success at something. And while she while she groomed me to be in this abusive relationship, slowly I was losing myself. Um, and I had what kind to of things myself. were you starting to do? Like um, not speaking up, um, not hanging out with my friends as much, um, always being available to her, not being available to other people, um, not really talking about my dreams anymore because she would attack them, um. Just like me being my regular bubbly self, was she I was physical with you, like yes, physical? yes, she Did was. You? Oh yeah, she she you? hit me. She, yeah, she hit me. She slapped me. She kicked me. Um, she um, would you fight her back? 
At first, I didn't. At first, I did. It took me a while to fight her back. It, I say a little bit of years down the line, that's when I really started to fight her back. How long and, did you stay in this abusive relationship with her? Mm, your audience really wants to trip when I say this. Um, 18 years on and off. So how old were you when you finally left her? When you left? I just left her. When? This year. This year. In like March. How old are you now today? 34. You're just a baby. You were 17. Mm-hmm. You just recently left her in March. Yeah. How many year? months ago is that? Yeah, this year. Girl, what, what, what month we at? August? Girl, that was like four or five months ago. How are you doing today? I'm so much better. I still have nightmares every night. I still have nightmares every night, but that's part of the process. Um, but I'm doing better because I don't have somebody around me that's abusing me. And I'm being more kinder and more compassionate to myself. I'm giving myself more grace. I've been through a lot of stuff in my life and I have never been too kind to myself. So being at 34 years old, I'm learning how to say, Sherelle, it's okay. It's all right. Girl, be kind to yourself, girl. I take myself out on dates now by myself. I don't look for anybody to take me out on a date. If I want to go out and go see a movie or something like that, I take myself. And I'm just totally fine with that. I've gotten so, I was so used to doing things that couples do, but I wasn't satisfied. I wasn't happy. So now that if I were to date anybody now, how I feel when I'm by myself and I go take myself out to the movies and everything, that's exactly the same feeling I should be feeling when I'm have a, when I'm accompanied with somebody else that's interested in me. So this time alone is really helping me to understand what it means to start loving yourself. And I can actually say that it is a process. I didn't always love myself. I didn't even like myself. But now that she's out of my life, and everything, I I don't have an excuse anymore to point the fingers at anybody about why I don't love myself. It's my responsibility to do that. And I feel good because I don't have to be around somebody to make me feel bad about myself. I can do that by myself. Why would I want to be around somebody that does that? And it hurts too because of somebody that say they love you. So if this is what love's supposed to feel like, I would hate to see what you feel like if you hate I wait to see what hate feel like if you love me like this. Oh, right. Wait. Right. So, no, no, that's yeah. not yes. This is your first time being away from that relation, that person for this long. Her this it year. is um I'm not gonna lie to you. There are times where I do feel like I do miss her. You know, I do. Um because of how we built our eight, how the relationship was. Yeah how the relationship was okay but mm -hmm. this is the longest that you've been away from her correct yes okay no actually no I'm lying I'm sorry this is not the longest I've been away from her I have been away from her for a very the longest was two years what two years yeah two years really two years mm -hmm. Terrell now mm -hmm. <laughs> Terrell. 
<laughs> not make me turn to Baltimore looking for you. Oh my god. <laughs> and she's like, oh my God. Girl, now we, <laughs> there is no going back. No, I'm not going back. No, I'm going forward. I'm not going back. I'm going, I'm going for it. I'm getting the counseling that I need. Of course, I'm journaling, girl. You know, I ain't gonna stop journaling. I ain't gonna stop writing. You know what I mean? But I, I, I'm honest with myself when I do say I, when I miss her. I'm honest with myself. I don't run from that, but I don't, I don't act on it. You know what I'm saying? Because I know where it's going to take me. I've been with her for 18 years on and off. I know what it looks like when if I go back. That's not what I want to go back to. And I'm okay with being alone. It is scary. I'm trying to tell you, it's scary. If someone abuses you for so long, you are used to uh you are used to having some good days and a lot of bad days and that's another thing people didn't understand well Sharon why didn't you leave why didn't why did you stay so long well let me tell you something every day in an abusive relationship is not a bad day every day is not a bad day if it was a bad day every day Nothing would make me pack my bags real fast, real quick, where you see the dust behind me when I leave. But that's what happens when you are in abusive relationships. They're not geared to always be bad. There are some times where you do have good moments, and that's something you hang on to. That's what inspires you to keep going, to stay in it. But then it gets interrupted, and reality hits that I shouldn't even be in this relationship because this person is hurting me. And that's what people have to understand. Like, it's really a psychological thing. You love somebody, they have your heart, but they don't treat you right. You just want them to stop abusing you, but you love them. But what happens when you realize the person you love, they are an abuser. This is who they are. It's nothing you can do to stop them. Nothing you can do. You can't give somebody more of what they already don't appreciate. You know what I'm saying? So I had to learn that and I'm still learning that. And that is why I'm okay with having the nightmares every night, crying and stuff like that, really getting it out my system because this is my moment and my time to heal. And I deserve that for myself. And that's the first step of actually showing yourself self-love that you do deserve to heal. And you can take your time with it. I am not in a hurry of getting back in a relationship with anybody. I feel like I just got out of jail and I'm on parole. I don't, I'm not looking to get clank clank back up with anybody because if I'm not fully healed, what happens is I'm going to go to somebody that was just like her. It's just a different person. I don't want to do that to myself. So I just want to. I want to heal and it's fair to say, I don't need nobody in my corner while I'm healing. If you want to be there, that's fine. But I just want to let you know, I go to bed every night by myself and I wake up by myself and I'm totally okay with that. I'm fine. Be Live off of those words. Live <laughs> off of those words and journal because like you said, you had more bad days than you did good days in that relationship. I did. I did. And now you're getting to know you. You take yourself out on dates. You're treating you. You're falling in love with you. You're getting to know who you are. You give her 18 or 17. That's a baby. That's half of your life. To 34, that's it? 
on and off um somebody that's just constantly abusing you because you've been abused since a little girl and then mm-hmm. you've been abused since you were just a preteen then you're abused being an a, a older teenager all the way up until your adulthood so you don't even know what it's like to feel love but let me tell you what love mm. feels like love feel good love feels so good that they massage your feet every night rub your back rub your head make your bath waters run your shower waters tell you every day how much they love you rub you kiss you caress you build a life with you do all the things that's gonna make you beautiful make you feel good that's what love, I wish every woman could feel love. But you know what? It's okay because you're starting with you first. You're showing yourself what love feels like. Because then unfortunately, all the people that was coming into your life was just trying to dog you out and trying to abuse you because of whatever they've been going through in their life, trying mm-hmm. to turn it over on you. Because mm-hmm. you know what? You're so beautiful. And you're mm-hmm. so, you are such a great, force in this world because God put something so special within you for you to flourish and so that you can do your work in this world and so when you have the devil that's trying to play love you but hate you we got to get that away so that you can do your work because you can't do your work with somebody that's stomping on you and beating on you but say oh I love you and I want to be nice to you some days and ride and be ugly and show the, the worst part of them that's what you've been shown all your life through people that you, every time you try to get close to them, they want to sit there and dog and abuse you. But no, yeah. we, we, we're setting that, we're setting that girl free. We're going to write her in the journal and we're going to go ahead and bury that girl because now we gave birth to you. This new right. lady right here that's going to go forward and going to find when it's your, that you pray on what, who that man, whoever you want in your life come to you. It's going to be nothing but love. So we're going to go ahead and put that away. So now we're going to go ahead and share now so that the audience can contact you and reach you and follow you and buy that phenomenal life-changing book of yours. Yes. Okay. So everyone, I can, you can follow me on Facebook. Instagram on Facebook. My name is Sherelle Ward, and then it has the writer. And then on Facebook, it has Sherelle the writer. And also, you can buy my book. He chose me. You can buy it on Amazon. And I have to say that this book is a page turner, and you can also purchase it on my website, www www.sherelletherwriter.org and um, it was such an honor and privilege to write this book um, I can't even believe that I wrote it um, but let hold me it up continue. we want to see the whole book beautiful and I chose purple I chose purple and gold because purple represents royalty and gold, it's just beautiful and sparkly, but it's just a love letter to myself that I came from royalty. I came from God and I deserve to be treated as such. If I treat people like royalty, I deserve to be treated. And that doesn't mean that I think I'm better than other people or feel entitled, but that is what I deserve because of who I came from. So that's about it. 
Oh, we are so honored to have you. I'm going to leave us with a poem by Douglas Maylock. It's called It's Fine Today. Sure, this world is full of trouble. I ain't said it ain't. Lord knows I've had enough and double reason for complaint. Rain and storm have come to fret me. Skies are often gray. Thorns and brambles have come to beset me on the road, but say, ain't it fine today? What's the use in always weeping, making trouble last? What's the use in always keeping, thinking of the past? Each must have his tribulations, water with his wine. Life, it ain't no celebration. Trouble, I've had mine. But today is fine. It's today that I'm living, not a month ago, having, losing, taking, giving. 